The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and 1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, March 2nd, currently 12-10 on the East Coast. And joining me as usual every Wednesday to break down some things happening around the NBA as well as dig into the player props for the Wednesday night schedule. The man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN as well as hosting his own show on youtube every single day my main man scott rachel scott how you feeling this wednesday afternoon buddy uh feeling pretty good uh the nets don't play so i don't have to worry about them disappointing me again but <laughs> as a whole it's fine you know can't really complain too much how's your day going uh it's you know another day in paradise it's already wednesday we're already in march you know people are getting ready for march madness um and all that good stuff so unfortunately no mlb but that's a different topic i don't want to get into that i'll get all riled up but it's NBA. We got about six, seven games tonight, and uh, we usually talk about something or someone or a particular team on uh, the pods with you and myself. And I think we highlighted the Golden State Warriors for this week. I know we've kind of beat the drum on the Lakers and the Knicks and all that good stuff. But I think, you know, this was a team that you had talked about at the trade deadline that needed to make some type of move. But they're dealing with some other stuff, but I'll let you dig into it here. Golden State Warriors, man, what's kind of the mindset for you right now on them? Well, I bet on them to win the championship a couple of months ago. Wasn't just them, though. I had them with in a parlay. It's at like 50 to 1, okay. and the Warriors are the only pick that I have left. And I think there's a 0% chance they're going to win the championship, so I don't really feel that great about my ticket right now. The issue that I have with Golden State is the issue that I've been mentioning for weeks. And I know that I mentioned they should be making a move at the deadline because I think they need more shooting. And I know Draymond's still out, so I'm not fully, fully, I'd say, panicking, but it's definitely not great right now. Zero percent might be an exaggeration, but like single-digit percent for them to win the championship, I just don't see it. But I think the main issue that I have is the fact that offensively, they rely so heavily on Curry that when he goes through a shooting slump or can, I don't know if slumps can be three, four months, but when you are not as efficient shooting the three as you have been your entire career, then I don't know what other options they have because Clay's been inconsistent. Plus he's been resting here and there for injury purposes. Mm-hmm. Wiggins since the all-star break has been, how do you describe it? Below average? Uh, I was going to bring him up, but I think he's been absolutely terrible. 
I'm saying like he hasn't been very good. Yeah. I still like pull off the bench, but I mean, he's your sixth man and that's it. So yeah. the only way the Warriors can consistently generate quality shots is really if Curry goes back to shooting 40 plus percent from three. Right. And that hasn't been the case for about three, four months. So I really don't know what this team is supposed to do offensively. That's supposed to, I'd say, bring back hope for me. I know that defensively, Draymond's going to help. Mm-hmm. But offensively, we know Draymond doesn't really do anything. He's basically a facilitator, and that's it. So I think the main issue I have with Golden State is I don't trust them offensively because besides Curry, who's been pretty hit or miss the last couple of months, I said before, they just don't have many guys. And I was hoping that they would go for Terrence Ross or Eric Gordon or even pick up Dragic off of the buyout market. Yeah. And I know none of those three guys are stars by any means, but at least those three guys can give you 15 on a given night. They just sure. don't have that. Like if I asked you right now, how many people on or how many players on Golden State can walk in and give you 15 on any given night, you'd probably say, what, four guys? You have Curry, Clay occasionally, Wiggins, and Poole. Is, is that really it? I mean, they don't have yeah. many guys. Yeah. I think for me, I'm not ready to jump. I know I, I also did put in a ticket before the season started on the Golden State Warriors. And I think like a lot of other teams, you know, we could throw the Lakers in that conversation. Phoenix, I think, is in that boat right now as well as that. Injuries are a big part of it. And I'm not – I understand, and we – I think we were – and you were the one to say this, and we're spot on about it. And I completely 100% agreed with you that they needed to get a six guy off that bench. And and the guy like we highlighted, Terrence Ross, uh, Terrence Ross, Eric Gordon, that type of player. It didn't have to be a superstar player, but somebody that can come off the bench and – create shots for you. And for me, I mean, yeah, Clay has been in and out of the lineup, you know, whether it's been injury management or the non COVID related illness, I just want to see at least for a five to 10 game span with both Draymond or all three guys, Draymond green, Clay, Steph Curry on the floor and see what the offense looks like. Uh, Because right now you're right. It's only Steph Curry. And then you're hoping to get something out of, Andrew Wiggins or Jordan Poole. Um, And Andrew Wiggins has progressively gotten worse from month to month as the season has kind of progressed here. I mean, they were kind of forgetting that he was an all-star this season. But if you kind of take a look at what he's done from month to month, I mean, where has Andrew Wiggins been? He should be that second guy or that third guy that's kind of providing the scoring power or at least contributing to help score and provide support to Steph Curry. But from December, he was averaging 19.2 points. That trickled down to 17 and a half in January. In February, that's even worse at 13.8. So he hasn't been very good in the month of February. And even coming off of the All-Star break, he's had three games, or there's been, sorry, four games, sorry, three games so far for the Warriors. He's had 12, 18, and 10, and shot 38%, 43, and 31%. And you're right, it is concerning for the Warriors right now because right now it seems like the Memphis Grizzlies are going to leapfrog them for that number two seed until they do get Draymond and Clay back. But I thought Draymond was supposed to come back. What I know that he's on his way, but I thought there were reports that are right around when the All-Star break was over. 
yeah, he'd be back. Did he have a setback or something? Or they're just being extra cautious? From what I read, and I might be mistaken, it was, I think they said mid-March when he was supposed to be back for the Warriors. But oh, okay. let me see if I can find that. But yeah, I understand your point about the Golden State Warriors right now. Um, and for them right now, they also do have the eighth hardest schedule remaining in the NBA. And, you know, as game in, as the games kind of go by here, it's going to be tough for them to kind of fend off the Memphis Grizzlies who are on their heels. Well, they're, they're not going to. I mean, yeah. We both know Memphis is going to pass them. I mean, you can talk about a Golden State, and that's kind of why I've written them off as title, as serious title contenders. I just don't know, A, when Draymond's officially coming back, B, how many minutes he's going to play immediately. It might take him a couple of weeks to get back fully up to speed. And by that point... I mean, Memphis is a well-oiled machine, and Morant's been going nuts. So I don't expect him to hold off Memphis. But I think the one issue that I do have with Golden State, I know it depends on the health of the team as always, but I'm trying to picture first-round matchups in my head for Golden State as either the two-seed or the three-seed. Mm-hmm. Am I sure they're beating Minnesota in a seven-game series? So, I'm sorry, assuming everybody's healthy? Yeah. I think so. I don't. I think that they probably would, but yeah, the that's concern not a is there. Walk. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I just feel like Golden State doesn't really match up well against many teams. Now Dallas, I know they choked it away. That twenty, what was it? 20, uh, 26 three to one, twenty six yeah. to one, whatever yeah. number you want to use. Uh-huh. I still think Golden State would smack Dallas in a series, just because they won by thirty something at home. They should have beaten Dallas last time out. They completely fell apart in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But it seems like they, gen, I'd say, generally match up well against Dallas. So I'm not going to roast them in that matchup. But, I mean, Denver might be getting Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back. That's not a cakewalk. I think Golden State would kill New Orleans, but, like, they're not going to face New Orleans because New Orleans is going to be facing either the one or the two, mm-hmm. and Golden State will probably be the three. Right. So I just am trying to figure out what matchup I actually want them to have in the first round. There's really not that many I feel good at or feel good about. Do you? I don't. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the concern is, I mean, and this is a season, I think I've kind of said this all season long, is that the West is really wide open. And yeah, you have the top three teams with, you know, I think we throw Memphis in there as well. Um, It's kind of wide open, but in a seven game series, anything can happen. I'm trying to find the uh, update here for Draymond Green here quickly. And I did see that on Wednesday. Oh, sorry, last Saturday he was back in practice. That's what I'm saying. He's been practicing, uh, so I figured he'd be back somewhat soon, and yet I still haven't heard anything. Yeah, maybe next week he's back, but I think it'll be sooner rather than later, hopefully, for the sake of the Warriors. All I know is that for my ticket purposes, I know that the Golden State title odds will probably not move for no. the next couple of months, just waiting for Draymond to come back and expecting the – experience to carry them and also the reputation mm-hmm. but in reality i will probably end up trying to sell my ticket on prop swap i can't argue that uh what what, what number did you get on them so it was one of those free bets that okay. i got because oh, i yeah, put yeah. i put uh a decent amount of monty williams to win coach of the year okay so uh, i ended up getting rewarded with some free bets i think it was 125 like dollars, 125 bucks to win $5,400. Okay. And it's the only pick I've left is Golden State to win the title. 
So if I could sell that for maybe a grand, I'd consider that. But I definitely feel like I should try to get some money for it because I really don't see them coming out of the West and I really don't see them winning the championship. Yeah, um, I'm not ready to jump off that boat just yet. I again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait because the yeah, odds yeah. aren't going to move. But right. I, I'll wait to see who they're playing in the first round mm-hmm. and then I'll reassess. Yeah, but if they get a favorable first round matchup, maybe I can wait until the second round. Mm-hmm. But I will definitely want to sell the ticket before they face Memphis because I really don't think Memphis is a good matchup for them at all. Yeah, I think Terrell was highlighting that as well today. We talked about it on the NBA uh, Gambling Podcast this morning that Memphis in a seven game series, whether it's against Phoenix or whether whether it's against Golden State, they're going to give those both of those teams a very very difficult. Uh, task or, or they're going to be a difficult out. And I think both of us and all three of us probably agree that if Memphis pulled it off, we would not be surprised if they beat either Golden State or Phoenix in a seven-game series, right? Phoenix, I think I'd be a little bit surprised with with a healthy Chris Paul because I just think that is the best team in the league. Okay, But if you're asking me right now to pick who I think would win a series between Golden State and Memphis, I'm taking Memphis. Okay, Especially if they have home court as the two-seed. Mm-hmm. I think Memphis wins worst case scenario in seven, but what do you think? I think Memphis would maybe even be an underdog in that series because of reputation. Yeah, but they would Golden be. State. I, I just don't know who's supposed to guard jaw. I don't know who's supposed to rebound. Golden State's kind of an abysmal rebounding team. Yeah. And Memphis has a bunch of guys who rebound the basketball. Well, I believe they're number one in the league in rebounding. Mm-hmm. It's just a really bad matchup. And not even to mention like the Jaron Jackson defensive end upside there. Yeah. They really just have every box checked on how to beat Golden State. So I would try to sell before then, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to wait and see because the one perk of taking a team that has a championship reputation is that no matter how bad they've been playing recently, the future odds are really not going to move. Yeah, they're not. I think they're only going to get worse when when and if Draymond gets back and when and if uh, Clay is back, right? Because... Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're they'll win some games with those guys back. They'll maybe get a three four game winning streak with those guys back, and those odds are just gonna get worse. But yeah, uh, definitely Memphis would be a dog to Golden State just based off of championship reputation and playoff experience or lack thereof for the Memphis Grizzlies. So I mean the um, the Warriors have the second lowest odds at plus four fifty to win the title. Exactly. Yeah. Do I think that's gonna go up? I think it should. It's not going to. Yeah. I think it'll go down if anything. But. I, once again, the best situation for me, assuming all goes well, I'm not hedging for three rounds. Like that's just I'm just not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So best case scenario, I get past the first round and sell it before the Memphis series starts. That's best case scenario for me. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, anything else on this Golden State Warriors team, uh, Scott? Uh, I mentioned it briefly, but I have to mention it again. A 26-1 to run at home in the fourth quarter. <laughs> really 26 to one really it almost happened to dallas last night too uh kind of reverse thing but yeah um that it's tough Can i criticize kerr or i know i can't really blame him because the team talent wise with clay and draymond out are not very good yeah but I don't understand these rotations. I don't know why he keeps pulling Curry while he's getting into a rhythm every single game. I know you have a set, I'd say, schedule Mm -hmm. when it comes to when Curry's supposed to play and when he's supposed to sit in-game. Yeah. But Curry's a rhythm shooter. 
you can't keep pulling him while he's in a rhythm. Yeah. You're just going to kill all momentum. And I've seen that time and time again. You're pulling Curry with five minutes to go in the first quarter. You're pulling him with like even like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, and you're bringing him back in with four to go. I don't really know what you're doing because Curry, when he checks back into the game, all of his momentum is completely shot. And that's why he's going five for 16 from three. It's because when he's actually making shots, you put him on the bench because of your system. Yeah, I agree. Again, especially a guy that since that, the record breaking three point shot that he made in New York, um, he's been struggling. I mean, we saw the showcase, but not really taking anything away from the all-star game, but in meaningful games, uh, he, he has really slipped here. And, and the all-star game also was a good example of that. Cause even though there's nobody guarding him, of course, cause it's an all-star game. Yeah. If there's one thing Steph Curry was not, it was on the bench because yeah. while he kept making shots, they kept him in the game. That's, that's yeah. kind of what you need to do now. Of course, in the playoffs, I mean, Curry's going to play 42 plus minutes. I don't, I don't know how you're, not supposed to play him 42 plus minutes in a playoff series, but that kind of just goes back to my point where Golden State, as far as I'm concerned, is is more focused on staying healthy and maintaining the course than recognizing the importance of home court advantage. And I do think that facing off against Memphis at home in a seven game series compared to on the road is night and day. And I feel like they are just going to let that slip through their fingertips because they're so focused on maintaining health going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. And I kind of take a look at their schedule uh, here in the next week or so. They go to Dallas on Thursday. They have the Lakers in a primetime game Saturday night in L.A. Two games against Denver, uh, sandwiching the Clippers there, and then they have Milwaukee next Saturday or the following Saturday as well on Saturday night in prime time again. So uh, the schedule doesn't get any much easier. Like I said, they still have the eighth hardest schedule remaining in the NBA. And I think they have one game left against Memphis, which is not till the end of the month here, but uh, hopefully they get Draymond and Clay back here soon because they need the reinforcements. Uh, because again, the guys outside of Steph Curry have not really stepped up to help them two and six over their last eight games are the golden state warriors. Uh, Scott, let's put a bow on that. Uh, let's take a quick break here, bud. We'll come back and then we'll dive into our Wednesday night player props here in the NBA. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. The grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area, four seats, at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for the early round action of college basketball tournament as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be awarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers 1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Roster brought to you by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. 
That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's really that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick. Where when you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use prom promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP, promo code SGP. All right, coming off of the break, let's dive in to these NBA player props for the Wednesday night schedule. Scott, I'll give you the floor first, bud. Uh, what do you got for your first player prop, man? So for the first one, I'm going to go into a matchup that I'm sure everybody's thrilled about. It's between the Kings and the Pelicans. And I'm going to take the uh, De'Aaron Fox over 24 and a half points at around minus 115. Ever since they traded Halliburton, I, I still hate the trade for Sacramento, but Fox has been fantastic, yeah. mostly because the ball is in his hands even more than it was in the first place. Mm -hmm. But he scored at least 26 points in eight of his last nine games, and he's also played at least 40 minutes in three of the last four games. Mm -hmm. Assuming that this game is relatively close and the Pelicans don't blow this game open, Fox is just such a matchup problem for basically every single team because of his quickness. Yeah. And I'm not sure if New Orleans is going to try to throw Herbert Jones on him. They might try for a little bit, but honestly, with pick and rolls, I don't even know if it matters who's guarding who anymore. He's just going to switch it no matter what. But when you have scored at least 26 in 80 or last nine, and you're going to give me 24 and a half against a New Orleans defense that is one of the worst in the league, I'm going to take the over. So I'm going to take the over 24 and a half. Yeah, I love this play. Uh, Fox, you hit the nail on the head that he's been absolutely fantastic since the trade of Tyrese Halliburton. And he's going to have to be, right? Because he's that he's now the future of this franchise with some bonus. I'm not sure if he's part of the future there, but he should be after you traded Halliburton. But Darren Fox, yeah, eight out of the last nine, like you hit the, the handicap on the head. Uh, he scored, what, 26 or more points in that mm -hmm. span. Um, yep. I also want to ask you about his assist here. I know he's had back-to-back -back games where he's at 10 each, and I was looking at this this morning. Not sure if I'm going to lay the minus 150 juice on the over five and a half. Maybe I can five, find an over six and a half. But do you have thoughts on his assist for um, the, I guess, for the rest of the season or maybe in the matchup tonight? Well, I'm definitely not taking the under anytime soon because, okay. as you said before, he's had double digit assists and hit the lines at about a juiced five and a half. Yeah. So they're adjusting, but it seems like they're still taking a little bit too long to adjust, if you know what I mean? Yeah. But. It's also just a matter of the fact that you're looking at the projected starting lineup and your projected shooting guard is arguably Justin Holiday. Do you mm -hmm. know Justin Holiday is being a guy who creates much off the dribble? No. No. So the point is Fox <laughs> is going to have the ball in his hands almost every single offensive possession. So if you yeah. want to talk about a situation where I'm not comparing Fox to Luka, but right. just based on the system that both teams run now, mm -hmm. 
anytime Luka does not have the ball in his hands, he's basically a lost possession. And every time Sacramento doesn't have the ball in Fox's hands, it's basically a lost possession. So I feel like you can make some comparisons there. With a guy who's going to have the ball in his hands at least 80% of the time when he's on the court, yeah, I have to be tempted by his points, assists, and really anything that involves scoring or passing because nobody else is going to have the ball. Yeah, 100%. I, I like this play for Fox. Uh, definitely been playing well since the trade of Halliburton uh, to the Indiana Pacers. Um, for my first player prop, and, and this was kind of a little head-scratcher for me, I understand that the blowout potential is there tonight, but SGA at 25 and a half points here tonight, it doesn't make sense to me. And in the last, I think, three games, um, especially with Josh Giddy and Lou Dort out, the he's offense, walking into 30 every night. Yeah, it's pretty much just SGA, and he's walking into 30-point games here tonight. And let me just kind of pull up his game log here. Yeah, 37, 36, 32. Um, 10 points against the Pacers. I think he left that game possibly because he only played 17 minutes. But prior to that, 31, 29, 29. So you kind of see where I'm getting at. Six out of the last seven games, he's gone over 29 points. Um, I don't think the book has accounted for this properly because he is pretty much the offense. I understand the blowout potential because it is a big spread in Denver tonight, but I got to go with SGA over 25 and a half points here tonight. Scott, Am I missing something here? Uh, no, I think it's only because of blowouts, but I have to look once again at what Shea's numbers are against Denver. I'm pretty sure they're not that bad. Yeah. So it wasn't like he fell off a cliff against this particular defense, but I mean, Shea is, in my opinion, a top 20 player in the league. So you're not going to get many arguments for me. I'm sure that sounds a bit crazy. when mentioning top 20 with Shea, but the more you watch him play, the more you realize it's kind of obvious he's a top 20 player in the league. But I think it's because his numbers against Denver, as I'm looking him up, aren't that good. Yeah. But he hasn't really shot the ball well, and based on the current form he's in, that number does seem a bit low. On principle, this number should be closer to 27.5, 28.5, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think there's value at 25.5. Yeah, because I took it last game against the Sacramento Kings. It was at 27 and a half. And I'm starting to see it starting to get adjusted here a little bit. I I see it up to 26 and a half now. So, yeah, SGA, uh, I like it up to 27 and a half, 28 and a half um, for him tonight against the Denver Nuggets. Um, Let's get to your next one. Scott, what do you got? So for this one, I'm going to go to a matchup between the Sixers and the Knicks. Deja vu, a point again. (laughs) And I'm going to go with Tyrese Maxey over 16 and a half points at around minus 105 people keep talking about Harden and Embiid rightfully so but since the Harden trade Max is averaging 24.5 points per game yep or at least 19 points in each of the last three games yep also he's been playing a bunch of minutes because he's easily the third best player on the team I think he's better than Tobias Harris at this point but he's averaging 35 minutes per game in the month of February or he was averaging that so I do expect that to carry over now, blowout potential is a bit concerning, but the Knicks have been a pretty decent first-half team. Yep. So they have managed to keep games close before blowing them late. But Maxi is easily the third-best player, and you want to talk about how the Knicks can try to game plan for Embiid and how they can stop him from going to the line 27 times. I got to assume some double teams are in his future, which should, which should set up Maxi for some good spots, either as a cutter or just on one-on-one situations there against Fournier, et cetera. But when you're walking in 
to 24 plus points per game when Philly actually gets a true point guard and your number 16 and a half, I'm going to take the over, especially a minus 105. Yeah, I had this one written down as well. I'll give it an additional one out because there's so many that I do like tonight, and I am 100%. I already bet this. Um, and I talked about this with Ariel Epstein offline yesterday when we did the prop cast, and we were talking about Philly as well. And there, there, there's gonna be a, there was going to be a point for this, and it's a very small sample. It's only been two games. But when Harden came into this team or was traded to this team, Number one, it's it's benefited Maxi because again the attention is going to go on Joel Embiid and James Harden, like you mentioned, that frees up Tyrese Maxi to score the basketball. But there's also going to be a point where somebody was going to suffer, and so far that guy's been Tobias Harris, right? In the two games with Harden so far, thirty-two minutes, thirty-seven minutes for Tyrese Maxi, total of thirty shot attempts. He's at twenty-one and twenty-eight so far with Harden, and then if you take a look at Tobias Harris, the guy who's taking kind of the fall on the sword as far as the offensive side of production in the two games with Harden so far, he's played 35 and 30 minutes, nine shot, uh, nine shot attempts each in both of those games, six points and 12 points. So I'm, I'm taking the under on the Tobias Harris tonight as well. And then I, I did have Maxi written down as well. So I absolutely, I'm glad that you caught this on as well with uh, Maxi going over 16 and a half points uh, tonight. So I love this play um, for my next one. I'm going to go over to that Cavs game against the Charlotte Hornets. And I am, again, back to the train. You know me. I'm fading Mason Plumley. Give me Jared Allen over 11.5 rebounds tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. I do understand that they did pick up Montrez Harrell at the trade deadline, but uh, if you kind of take a look at what, in all season long, the Charlotte Hornets interior defense has not been there. It's a drum I've been beating on all season long. Um and more in particular, the last two games uh, this season for Jared Allen against the Charlotte Hornets, he's posted significant double-doubles. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the game log here. 24-16 and 16 back on November 1st. The last game on February 4th, 29 points and 22 rebounds. So 11.5 I think is a little conservative for me here. So I think Jared Allen uh, should have a big night rebounding the basketball again for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So give me over 11 and a half rebounds for a Jared Allen here tonight, Scott. Yeah, I have no argument with that. Anytime you can put up 20 plus rebounds in one game this season against this opponent and your line is 11 and a half. Yeah. I have to like the over. I'll make a personal <laughs> play on that after yeah. the show, probably. Yeah. Uh, let's get to your last one, man. What do you got? So I'm going to stick with the rebounding trend, but I'm going to go with a matchup between Indiana and Orlando, a true game that only a gambler could love. And I'm going to look at Wendell Carter Jr. And I like him over 11 and a half rebounds at even money. And looking at the reasons why, first of all, Carter Jr. has recorded 12 rebounds in three of his last four games. This is going to be his third matchup against Indiana this season. And in the first two meetings, he averaged 15 rebounds per game. I'm trying to remember the exact numbers, but I know he had at least 12 in each of the first two. I don't remember what the other num- the other one was. I think he had 18. I think he had 18 and 12 in the first two meetings against Indiana. And to mention the last meeting, since they just played against each other, he recorded 12 rebounds. However, he only played 28 minutes yep. because he had five personal fouls. So even when he was in foul trouble, he still got to 12. But with Indiana trading Sabonis and still missing Miles Turner for injury, They just don't have many guys on the inside. And Carter Jr. is a guy who I've mentioned several times on this pod as being a very solid and underrated rebounder. Mm -hmm. But he's dominated this matchup. 
He's been really good lately on the boards. And since the spread is around two, two and a half, I don't exactly expect much blowout potential here. I think this game should be pretty close. But if Carter Jr. ends up playing 30-plus minutes, he should walk into 13, 14 rebounds. I'm going to take the over 11.5 of plus money. Yeah, last game, 28 minutes, 12 rebounds, 21 points. And then the season, or sorry, game prior to that on February 2nd, even before the trade deadline, 19 points more, but more importantly, 18 rebounds. And I thought it was 18, back, okay. Yeah, even if we go back to last season, April 25th, 2021, 13 rebounds in that game. So, um, yeah, no argument for me here. Uh, we've talked about, or you've talked about Wendell Carter Jr. a lot on this podcast. Um I like that as well. Rebounding props have been really good for me this season. Yeah. Um, when I kind of go back and look at the the player props that I have. Bet. I, I don't know if you bet LeBron rebounds last night, but that's still a cash cow. Oh, yeah. If Anthony Davis is not playing, and they had, I think last night was where they started LeBron at the five again without, obviously, because yeah. of the matchup with the Mavericks. But, yeah, definitely was on that again. Um, let's see. For my last player prop, um, I'm going to go with – Jalen Green here tonight uh, in that Houston Rockets and the... Are you taking over three and a half dunk attempts or over half made dunks? I'm going to go over half made dunks tonight okay. for Jalen Green. Yeah. Um, you know, he he tries to do the flashy dunks uh, at least, like Scott said, three times in a game. Only one fall, so I'm going to take the over half in that. But no, uh, on a serious note, I'm going to take Jalen Green over 15 and a half points here tonight. And I think it's more injury-based related. With no Eric Gordon tonight for the Houston Rockets, KPJ is still questionable, but I think even if he does play, that ankle injury should linger him. Um, and Jalen Green, I believe this season against the um, Utah Jazz does have a 20-point game, if I'm not mistaken. But I think this is a game where he kind of has to shine because, again, no, I'm sorry, he had 13 in his last game. I think that was another team I was thinking about. But Well, he played against Utah three times, yeah. so he probably has a 20-point game somewhere in there. Yeah, no, it was 13, 7, and 13. I think it was another one I was thinking about. But I think that he should get the minutes here tonight with the injuries that the Rockets have. Um, Look for him to be more involved in the offense here as well. And even if it is blowout potential, you have about two to three guys that are out with injuries. I think that, you know, the head coach, Steven Silas, wants him to get as much minutes out there as possible, you know, get reps, get get, get run time in the NBA. So uh, I'm going to take a gamble here. And that's why we're here. So I'm going to take Jalen Green over 15 and a half points here tonight against the Utah Jazz as my last player prop. Um, that is going to be our player props for the Wednesday night schedule. Scott, let's take one last break here, bud. We'll come back and then we'll get uh, our best bets and then we'll wrap up with any final thoughts for the schedule here tonight. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. There are never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is... Now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry, the app gives you clear data on which horses to select and build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. 
this Saturday, tune in to SGPN Stable Duel live stream. Sean, Ryan, and horse racing expert and my co-host Malcolm Bamford talking ponies. Plus, you have a chance to win $25,000. It's live on YouTube at 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time this Saturday. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. Ross, we're brought to you by PropSwap. Where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, PropSwappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Like Wes from Iowa, who sold a $250, 30 to 1 Arizona to win the championship ticket for $750 on PropSwap. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's. While the odds and cash on PropSwap on when the tournament starts. And... When you're making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can tell, sell one for a profit and keep one to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot ticket sales, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And last but not least, don't forget to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our free picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break uh let's get into our best bets here first scott i'm gonna give you the floor first man best bet for time what do you like so i like all three so i'm kind of torn here but rebounds have been kind to me this year so i'm gonna go with wendell carter jr at 11 and a half at even money it's really just the even money as the sweetener for me Mm -hmm. because when you're walking into 15 rebounds per game in multiple matchups against this opponent you just played and you had 12 rebounds in 28 minutes because of foul trouble. Yep. Assuming he's able to avoid any foul trouble of any kind, he should really walk into 13-plus rebounds here. But Indiana, according to actual efficiency numbers, is a decent rebounding team. That's solely because Sabonis and Miles Turner both used to be playing every day. Nowadays, they're a terrible rebounding team. So I'm going to go with Carter Jr. because... We know he doesn't exactly have much of an outside shot. He does a little bit, but mm-hmm. for the most part, he's standing in the paint the majority of the time, and he's been a serious matchup problem for the Pacers. I'm going to take the over 11 and a half at even money. Yeah, and if you've just been based off of history with what yeah. uh, Carter Jr. has been able to do against Pacers, you're, you're spot on about it. So. Even last year against Sabonis and Turner, he still yeah. did well. And now you have both guys that are not there, so lack of presence side. I don't think Goga is going to be able to do anything for the Pacers as their yeah. starting center. Um, for my best bet, I got to say with the rebounds as well, man. I think this is a great matchup for Jared Allen here tonight. Um, give me the over 11.5 rebounds for Jared Allen. It is a little juice at minus 135, but Charlotte Hornets over the last five games, dead last in opponent reboundings where they're giving up 53.2 down there with the Thunder, down there with the Rockets. They are dead last. Like we mentioned, uh, Jared Allen the last two games, 22 rebounds, and then I think it was 18 was the other number for Jared Allen against these Charlotte Hornets. So uh, that'll be my best bet, Jared Allen, over 11.5 rebounds. 
as my uh, player prop for tonight. Uh, Scott, anything else on the schedule that kind of sticks out to you? I know we have a couple of good games between Miami and um, uh, Milwaukee, obviously the game of the night, but you see anything that kind of sticks out to you? Uh, I am curious about the Phoenix game. Mm-hmm. I know the Phoenix should roll because Portland is a G League team at this point. Mm-hmm. But as Memphis continues to close the gap between themselves and Golden State, they're also a potential threat to maybe catch Phoenix. I'm not going to overreact because Phoenix lost to Utah. It was a very close game, but Utah, when healthy, is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're not amazing, but they're still a pretty good team. But this is a kind of game where Phoenix really needs a get-right spot. Yeah. And you're not going to find many better get-right spots on the schedule than this Portland team. Phoenix really should win this game by 20-plus. Yeah. I, I'm i not going to say I'm officially going to bet Phoenix laying this number, but if you believe in Phoenix to get back on track, they really should win by mercy rule in this game. You? Yeah, I wanted to take Devin Booker as a player prop for tonight, but I just think it's just... It blowout potential. Devin, yeah, blowout potential is there, but... Um, I was looking at Aiton. I think Aiton was like either 15 and a half or 16 and a half, but yeah, I mean, Portland brought in Drew Eubanks. Like that's how bad the front court is for this team. Aiton, it kind of annoys me because I really like him as a player, Mm -hmm. but his focus just goes through waves where he'll put up 15 in the first half and then he won't take a shot for the entire third quarter. And I just don't know what is happening, but I still like him in this spot because I don't think anyone on Portland can actually guard him just going through the actual lineup for Portland, though, they really only have Simons, and we know Phoenix is a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. Do you think Portland gets to 100 here? Because I don't. <sighs> we talked about this on, on the pod this morning with Terrell, and, I, and we both like the over, but I like the Phoenix Suns team total more than the actual full game over. Um, just, again, because Portland, if you kind of go look at what they've been given up the past several games – they're it's pretty, giving up 130 and change. I mean, yeah, just, and it just feels like like this is the ultimate get-right spot for the Phoenix Suns here tonight. So um, if you wanted a better total, I think, yeah, probably I would take Phoenix Suns team total over. And then if they're really going to clamp down on defense are the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think, yeah, they could probably hold Portland to under 100 points because, yeah, it's pretty much Simons and then hope and pray that you get something out of somebody else from this team. So and yeah, I'm, I'm just not looking for Portland scored 95 against Golden State. You know, Golden State's been struggling defensively, but as a whole, they're still an okay defensive team. You scored 92 against Denver. <laughs> like, that. that's not pretty. You yeah. lose by 30-plus your last two games. Phoenix better win this game, especially since I have Monty Williams win Coach of the Year. Yeah. Now, Cleveland losing to Minnesota helps. So, shout-out to Minnesota for not blowing the entire game, even though they really wanted to. Yeah. But... Phoenix really should win this game by 20. So if you want my favorite spread play of the night, I'd rather lay 13 with Phoenix than lay 10 and a half with Philly. Yeah, I I took um, the Knicks as my lock in the first half, though, at plus six and a yeah. half. Because first half, the Knicks are really not that bad. It's yeah. the full game where they just completely implode. It's really been that fourth quarter because we talked about it. Like They've been outscored by, I think, 10 plus in over the last three yeah. games. But... Um, yeah, and then do you have anything on the Heat and Bucks game? Oh, see, the Bucks are a team that I was selling on, but then they killed Charlotte. Doesn't yeah, really mean anything to me because I don't think Charlotte's good. very good. Like it yeah. doesn't mean anything to me. But I'm going with Miami. Okay. I mean, you're going to give me four and a half points for a team that's won four in a row and 
kind of brutally killed Chicago yeah. in this last game. Like, that wasn't even close. Chicago, for a team that has Levine, has DeRozan, who's an MVP candidate, and Vucevic, they scored 99 points. Like, they couldn't even get to a hundo against this team. Now, I know Miami at home is a lot better than on the road. Miami's still six over on the road. But we know covering at home, they're ridiculous. But Milwaukee is a team that, against quality opponents, I don't exactly want to lay points, especially a Miami team that is two and 2-1 uh, against this Milwaukee team this season. Now, the home team has dominated in this series. Yeah. But... Miami's healthy. I know Lowry might be out, though, which is a He's bit out. of a concern, but yeah. I'm saying Miami's deep enough to handle that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the Heat just because I don't want to lay four and a half with Milwaukee here. If it was close to pick them, maybe I would take Milwaukee, but you can't give me four and a half with the one seed and expect me to not take it. Yeah, and I think that if this was – I personally thought it should have been around minus two, minus two and a half. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I figured. But at four and a half, you kind of have to take Miami. Also, to kind of do like Giannis to get under points, rebounds, and assists because he struggled yeah. against the uh, Miami Heat over the last three games. He had 15. Well, that's, the main, that's the main issue I'm having. It's because Miami tends to do well against Giannis. Yeah. Last year in the playoffs, yeah, they got crushed. I mean, it happens. Their team's better this year. Mm-hmm. But Holiday's been okay. Middleton's been brutal. I mean, we mentioned Wiggins and how he's been struggling since the All-Star break. I didn't think Middleton deserved to be an All-Star. And since the All-Star break, he's been awful. Yeah. So if you're looking at a situation where Milwaukee, we've roasted the bench time and time again, and their best player, Giannis, obviously, has had issues against Miami. Yeah. And both Holiday and Middleton have not been great recently. I'm not sure where Milwaukee's going to get their points from. Yeah, that, that just kind of makes me like the under in this game as well. I think it'll be a little more defensive, uh, especially in that second half. And if you kind of just go look at the game log for Giannis against the Hito, at least over the last four of the last five, he did have a triple-double in there. But other than that, it's been 9-15-15-15, and only outside of that triple-double, just one game where he's been in double-figure rebounding against mm-hmm. this Miami Heat team. So, yeah, I like Miami as well. That'll do it for the PropCast here uh, on this Wednesday night edition. Um, I will be back on Friday with Will for the player props for the Friday night edition of the NBA. Uh, And again, Scott and Terrell will be on the NBA Gambling Podcast to take you through the Thursday night schedule and uh, discuss some other things. Uh, Scott, anything else? And let the people know where they can find you, man. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, still doing a bunch of editing. Uh, I know that we are trying to ramp up our color. It's called Colorcast, I believe. Colorcast, yeah. Yeah, So we're trying to ramp up our live stream coverage on there. So I'm looking forward to doing a couple. I might do the Nets game, unfortunately, on (laughs) Sunday. So we'll see what happens there against the Celtics. But looking forward to it. And besides that, ready for March. And I have a play already on a conference tournament game today. So I'm hoping that goes well. There you go. Uh, March, always a fun time, for especially for college basketball betters. March Madness just dominates the month of March. It's it's so much fun with the brackets and all that good stuff and survivor pools as well. But You, you have a team you like? So I'm, I'm not really into college basketball. I honestly just follow Kobe, Nick, Patty C, Terrell. Oh, I'm saying in general, you got if you had to fill out a bracket right now, do you have a team in mind that you'd pick to win it all? Uh, I, I'm not going to say Gonzaga because they always find a way to choke. That's that. That's the right answer. That is correct. Okay. 
Let's see that. So that's that. Yeah. Um, I've kind of been fond of the Arizona team. Okay. And maybe UCLA's out for revenge, but I'm not sold on their the way they've been playing. Who do you have? I, I, Arizona's a team that I really like, but I've, I watched them against UCLA when they lost handily yeah. and they just couldn't shoot the ball at all. So I'm that's still like kind of PTSD in the back of my head, but <laughs> I really like Kentucky. Okay. And I'm usually not a Kentucky guy in the tournament because Calipari always has top tier prospects. Yeah. And they lose in like the round of the, in either the, like the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16 usually. Yeah. But I just keep watching that Kentucky team and I keep gravitating towards them because they have Shigwe, who mm-hmm. is basically Bismack Biombo Jr. He just walks into 15 rebounds every single game that he plays. Yeah. And if you're going to give me a dominant rebounding effort every single game and the guards are pretty good and the depth is there. Mm-hmm. I do think they can be a serious problem in March. I recognize that Duke's playing well lately, but I don't like their bench at all. So I'm okay. staying away from Duke. I'm still going to have to do some scouting for the actual tournaments, but as of right now, I definitely will have at least one bracket with Kentucky winning it all. I don't, but this is also a year where they've had – I know they always have, like, the freshmen that come in, they're one and done. But if I'm not mistaken, I read that they have guys that are maybe, like, sophomores or juniors on this squad, or am I wrong? Yeah, they have a couple. They also picked up a transfer in Grady, who okay. transferred over from Davidson. He's a pretty good shooter. Okay. They were supposed to be even better because yeah. they were supposed to get this guy Sharp, who was supposed to be a top-five prospect, potentially in the draft. Mm-hmm. And – I don't know if he was ruled ineligible or he just couldn't come back, but he was supposed to return midway through the year. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. If he was coming back, I would definitely have Kentucky money in my pocket already okay. to win the title. But this year, I know usually you can talk about how it's very tough to pick a, t- a champion, but usually you have a short list of teams you want to pick. Yeah. This year could really go to anybody. Like it's okay. that wide open. Last year, I got all four final four teams, right? So I'm in a line to get absolutely destroyed this year. That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like you can make a case for 10 teams that can make a serious run and potentially win it all. Yeah, definitely uh, we'll be following the guys over on the college experience for that. So if you're not a f- avid follower of college basketball like myself, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Check out all the work from the college experience. Kobe, Nick, Patty C. Uh, got a couple of new guys in there as well. Nick. Um, Nick Dan and another Nick's and there's a lot of Nick's in there as well. So just get over to the, their podcast, subscribe, and they'll get you covered for the March Madness tournament. And we, as we get into conference, uh, conference tournaments as well. So that'll be it for tonight, guys. Uh, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs>